Hello and welcome to the 101st roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu, I'm the founder of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, especially automation, um, paid media and my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right, it's Microsoft Excel. So if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media, implementing ad with scripts or even just cutting your spend on your data analysis tool, why don't you send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. So um, this week we've got Julie Bicini leading us in a first of its kind, well in, according to my knowledge, um, first of its kind general Q&A one from the PPC chat community. So earlier on, like an hour before the chat started, she um, asked questions to be sent to her Twitter inbox or direct message to her. And um, yeah, she's going to ask some of them. I really enjoyed this one. And some of them, some really good questions here asked and um, several takeaways just across the board. So yeah, let's hear some of them, shall we? So, um, yeah, she starts off like, you know, welcoming, uh, welcoming um, us in, saying that we would do something different today and answering some questions from the community. And if you have one, DM it to me. But first, what is your go-to quarantine snack these days? Chocolate. God help me. Chocolate and wine and some fruit I throw in there. Um, <laughs> but mostly chocolate and wine. Um, and Mimi Cabra was like, yeah, has replied, fruit. <laughs> That's very healthy of her. Um, yeah, Colin Slattery goes, um, I don't actually snack. The closest I come to snacking is drinking coffee the entire day. Wow, that's very good. Uh, Ryan Benio going crystal light with caffeine and sunflower seeds for the seeds fan- fanatics. Um, and Julie replies, uh, Julie asks, oh, sorry, Julie goes, my snacking has been all over the place. Anyway, so she goes on to our question, first question, which was um, given by Stephen Gibson, PPC, and that's the handle. So yes, she'll be mentioning and I'll be mentioning the people who actually provided the question. So the question from Stephen Gibson, PPC, was many PPC chat freelancers have lost clients and will have to rebuild their client bases. What is your best strategy for getting clients specifics, please? So yeah, this is a great one because yeah, I want to know how to get clients during this freelance time and pandemic time. I mean, Cabra replies um, this one saying, for us, it's been content generation. We've developed a free content pieces to help grow our newsletter, which we'll be starting to promote soon. Colin Slattery replies, referral partners closed two new clients in the last month and both came from referral partners. Try to find partners in adjacent industries, PR, TV advertising, creative, etc., and offer referral fees. So yes, people are doing something quite adjacent to what you're doing and, you know, offer doing the PPC for them. Um, Julie Buccini replies, there's no quick answer here. Building your network of contacts, both in the industry and in related industries. So SEO, web dev, etc., can help doing white label work for other agencies, researching who might need help and seeing if you can get an intro. And then we've got um, Julia Weiss replying to question one saying reputation management, make sure that while you're filling your funnel, you ask partners, current and former to share their experience working with you. It could lead to a referral or just a testimonial for a totally new relationship. Mark Gustafson, um, referrals, referrals, referrals in all caps, loads and loads of times he wrote that right there. Um, and then Julie um, continues to answer to question one saying, is there any kind of theme to the work you've been doing over the past two years 
that you can put into an offer or package for a specific industry or type of business. Yes, that's what I'm actually thinking I need to do. Start packaging, maybe like AdWords scripts offering or um, some of the data analysis that I've been doing for previous consumers, um, for, for previous clients even. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Kami Karras replying to question one saying, first, I would be proactive with my current clients. Next, I would follow up with past prospective clients. I turned away sometimes because they weren't ready, needing a functional website, then reconnecting with other business relationships. And then, yeah, Marcus Simpson replies to another non-all caps um, answer to question one saying, I know this may be easier said than done, but try to get non-local SMB deals. They are always the worst. So I've tried to avoid them and um, they're quick to cancel. These times are, dif- are different for them, but still quick to cancel holds true. So he said, I know this may be easier said than done, but try to get non-local SMB deals. So I'm thinking he now goes on um, that the SMB deals are some of the worst. So he tries to avoid them. So, um, yeah, but those guys do need help as well. And, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot to be said to helping um, the small local businesses, I feel. Anyway, so Mark, um, Mark T. Saltarelli replies to question one saying, I agree with AdWords Girl, so that, that's Amit Cabra, saying helpful content is the best way to reach people right now. This has been our focus. Some low-hanging fruit would be um, to reach out to any past clients that you had a good relationship with. They will appreciate you checking up on them. So yes, and I actually have done a few of that. Julie Bicini then replies to question two saying, do you have any tips for B2B lead gen targeting in Facebook, starting initial optimization setup type of ads, etc. And that came from 360 Vardy and that's Daniel Vardy that asked that question. Um, yeah. And so, but before we get into that, Julia Vice replies to question one saying, can you pivot yourself when clients don't have funds to advertise? You need to offer something to new partners. Um, can you offer something you hadn't thought of? It's easy to get tunnel vision in a panic try to think differently just as your clients need to um mark gustafson replies continues he's still answering question one saying i also want to mention that referrals come from real networking invest in relationships spend time with others provide value have a relationship referrals are the results of actual work which just happens to be fun for me so yes make friends in the industry and yeah, in replying to um, Julia Vice's answers, question when one, where she says, can you pivot yourself when clients don't have funds to advertise? You need to offer something to, um, to new partners. Julia Bicini replies to that saying, I would add to this, be flexible. What clients want to buy right now might not be your favorite thing to do or sell, but it will help your business going. Listen to what you're hearing. Are there big concerns and offer services that address them? And then we've got Mark Gustafson replying for to question two, saying for B2B interest targeting sucks in Facebook, lean into machine learning in the algorithm, lookalikes and broad audiences with cost caps are money, are expensive even. You must have previous success or history through your pixel though. And then we've got Melissa McKay replying to question two saying, um, sorry, Melissa Mackey even, replying to question two saying, speaking my language, we have found that image ads do best, simple and encourage leads. Use lookalikes from previous converters. Test, test, test. We've had some very successful Facebook lead gen and campaigns. Um, Amit replies to that saying, I've been thinking about looking at Facebook ads for lead generation, but have been pretty hesitant because targeting wouldn't be the best here. Melissa replies, depends on the vertical. We've done lookalike of people who like the client, 
um, who like the client that works well at times. Uh, made provides interesting and Melissa continues we've also used LinkedIn to build Facebook retargeting audiences as mentioned in the chat works great and so yes that's a good tip for yeah Facebook for B2B um, and then yeah Steph Cocker replies question one saying I've helped a friend of mine in a pinch with something that hasn't been in my wheelhouse in a while I'm glad that it worked out um, Julie Bicini replies question two saying use Facebook's best weapon lookalikes for B2B upload your customer list and make localites retarget traffic from your website on Facebook, assuming you have a good setup to figure out which page visits make sense for this. Uh, Mark replies to question two, saying one of my top Facebook B2B lead gen strategies for monthly budgets 5k plus is to target people with relevant job titles or lookalike with a high intent content offer and minimal form fields and then form fills and then um, remarketed those leads with a bottom of funnel offer, such as a demo request. Um, and then, yeah, El Chase replies to question one, saying my best strategy for building clients is to ask clients for referrals. That's a good one. Um, and then we've got, um, yeah, Julie then going on to um, question three, saying curious if anyone has played with Video Builder yet. And that's from Janine SCM. And so, yeah. That's something I was very interested to in. And so I said no. A lot of people have said no, but you know, but were curious, including Julia Vice saying I haven't, but I'm curious as well. Um we've got um who else? I said nope, but yeah, definitely curious as well. Um and a few other answers was yeah, I mean Cabreth going, no, not yet. Um Colin Slattery have not played with it yet. Glenn Smells haven't tried video builder yet. So I'll just go to where the answer was given to me um, by Janine herself. She says, sounds like it's a tool for animating static assets, DIY video production. So yes, I am going to look into that because it's always, I've got loads of pictures of myself and my brand. And yeah, it would just be nice to put some, some of them to something like video like that I can put up. Um, and yeah, we've got, yeah, Mark Gustafson, is, uh, Gustafson replies as well saying negative. Remember our YouTube director guy they sent out once and that's what was for Eric Farmer. Julie replies, are you using something else instead of, instead for video creation? Me, that would be no. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Julie advice going, my clients deliver completed videos. So we tried to it as a test if it came up but it's not high on the list at the moment i suspect suspect this will change as production budgets adjust with revenue and then going on to question four julie asked tips for viewing multiple conversions in facebook ads okay um yeah don't do much facebook so i'm not sure about that one but we've got some answers from julia vice saying it's a bit of a chore set your custom conversions in a column set and save it in some cases you actually need separate campaigns with different goals to make this work marcus Simpson replies to this going i'm not exactly clear on this pull in multiple columns and have the rest columns last have the results columns last so you know what the optimization was for. Um, and then, yeah, we've got some people saying, um, yeah, I'm not clear on when Mark was like, I'm not clear on this. Um, Julia, Julia goes, um, yeah, hey, M uh, Melissa Mackey, because, yeah, she must have given the answer. Can you elaborate on your question, please? 
And then we've got Melissa replying to um, Julia Vice, where Julia had asked, it's a bit of a chore, set your custom conversions in a column, set and save. In some cases, you actually need separate campaigns with different goals to make this work. Melissa replied, that's what I'm, I was afraid of, the campaign I'm fighting with return only seems to allow me to show more than one conversion. Return only seems to allow me to show more than a one conversion. It's not great, replies Julia. Um, Yell Chase replies to question four, um, saying, if you have goals set up in Google, as long as your Facebook ads have source codes, you can view the impact on each goal for your ads within analytics. Um, Melissa replies um, saying, uh, going, I think Julia Vice answered it, doesn't always work within a campaign. That's the issue I'm having, can't even select multiple conversions in custom columns and then we reply to question four mark replies saying i usually don't look at conversion data within facebook ads because it rarely matches back-end conversion data and i actually like this answer even though i don't use um i, I don't do facebook ads a lot because i'm all about yeah use google analytics because i've heard so many um complaints about the facebook platform and even yeah just getting conversion data from platforms i always think it's good to get a third-party platform um tool or tech tool to help collate that um so mark replies saying i build custom dashboards in google data studio or google sheets that resemble that reliably combine facebook performing metrics and actual conversion data interesting um, and then, yeah, I've got, um, yeah, El Chase, um, when El Chase replied to question four saying, if you have goals set up in Google, as long as your, your Facebook ads have source codes, you can view the impact on each goal of your ads within analytics. Melissa replies, sadly, this client doesn't use analytics. Lord, how, 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 yeah. And then, yeah, Melissa continues saying that they use Adobe and we don't have access. That is um, not good when um, your client is is blocking you from actually seeing some of like the web, um, website data that's actually important to help you do your job well. So, yeah, definitely feeling for Melissa there. So that's why she can't see um, the Facebook um, columns properly and um she then ends up saying that that's why I've, I had hoped to get Facebook conversions set up. They're better than nothing. So, yeah, maybe that would work. I hope that works for them. Um, and then going on to question five, we've got um, Julie going in a lot of categories. Average CPC should be lower because of reduced demand, right? How do we take advantage, do far or go far? It doesn't seem as easy as it sounds. And that was from... John Denunzio, um, and say so that's so John Denunzio, so J O N D E N U N Z I O, that's the name and the handle. Um, and then, yeah, going to answer question five, Colin Slattery goes, I'd say that if you're leveraging automated bidding strategies, still, you probably can't really have a client that shouldn't be in an impacted industry have CPCs up 20% for no reason. One of the big downsides of automated strategies. I'm going to read that again because I'm not sure I even understood that. Um, Colin Slattery replies saying, I'd say that if you're leveraging automated bidding strategies still, you probably can't really have a client that shouldn't be in an in an impacted industry, have CPCs up 20% for no reason. So he's got a client that shouldn't be in an impacted industry, but their CPCs have gone up by 20, 20% and one of the biggest downsides of automated strategies. So yes, their competition shouldn't go up, but just because of the automated bidding, their CPCs have increased because yes, automated bidding has gone all over the place. Um, and going straight um, quickly back into the question about um, the video 
um, builder, Nikki Coleman says, video builder is actually pretty impressive. I've done 40 plus videos for clients on it. What it produces, as long as you have the right assets, is solid cons, lack of control of font size, but lots of fonts to pick from and music is a bit meh. Mm, okay. I might check it out, especially if it's not too expensive and hopefully free. Um, Mark then replies to question four saying, this hack can be a pain to set up um, and maintain, especially if you don't have a data integration tool. But for me, it's worth it to have a custom view of reliable campaign performance. Um, Julia Vice replies saying, it's very difficult right now. CPCs are down and in some cases, demand is very high. So there's an argument towards investing more right now, but low low sell high you know buy low sell high you know even but if you don't have the funds you don't have the funds um yeah nikki coleman replies to that saying i wish we were seeing lower cpcs i'm seeing higher in lots of places we don't have clients in one set industry so i'm seeing this in lots of places or categories El Chase replies to that. They're saying, I just had a call this morning with a client with 40% lower CPCs right now and subsequently 38% higher revenue versus last year. I've been in, in begging clients to spend more because of the huge returns we are seeing. A lot of brands panicked and pulled spend. Um, yeah, Mark then replies to question five saying, yes, I've been experiencing lower CPCs, but I've also been experiencing lower conversion rates. I've been trying to focus on driving similar traffic numbers at a lower cost while increasing investment in remarketing to mitigate conversion losses. Um, and yeah, John Kagan replies, target impression share opportunity. And in my reply to this, I said that it's quite be hard. It can be hard when CPCs reduce Um because it's difficult because when, when you see CPC reduce, we usually see lower search volumes as well. And, um, yeah, meaning underspend um, if the volume is not there. So I'll say that you should just still keep on top of quality of your ads and not dropping being competitive in how you do things. Customers will notice if you keep on doing things well, keep staying on top of, you know, just sending out the right message of that what consumers want to hear you'll get your close and you'll get your visitors um and reply to Ch um l chase where he had said that i just had a call this morning with a client with 40 percent lower cpcs right now and subsequently 38 percent higher revenues um and he wants to beg them to spend more i say is there headroom to spend more though we are seeing lower cpcs but still maintaining higher impression shares um, and yeah, El Chase replies to that saying, I've been seeing room with clients. Um, the big thing is if you look at the auction insights, you see a lot of folks who were there three to four months ago are not now. Huge opportunities for brands also need to make sure your other marketing efforts are spot on there. Um, and then, yeah, Julie goes on to question six, saying Facebook lookalike stacks are using them. See image, for example, what is performance like? Um, so, yeah, lookalike stacks. And I'll, I'll, I'll put that image across because I'm not sure what lookalike stacks actually is, to be honest. And it actually looks like it's a special, um, specific kind of stack. And um, Julie actually gives the original one that was shared by Nick Shackleford. So that's S-H-A-C-K-E-L-F-O-R-D. And um, yeah, his handle is I am Shackleford. Um, yeah, and it's um, yeah specific um, 
like Facebook stack saying, if you're a media buyer and not running this stack right now, you are sleeping and it's um, lookalike 5% ATC, IC, POR stack. I'm not going to read all of them because there's so many acronyms in there, but it's pretty much the same as I just said, as well as 1%, 2%, then 3%, and top of 4%. Um, I hope that makes sense to some of you. Um, and yeah, so we've got Melissa replying, this looks like a lookalike for a custom audience. Um, a reply to question four, Mark Gustafson says, I've seen success and failure with this for a while. It's hit or miss. The logic on why it works is a larger audience size instead of a single 1%, you are running three times that audience size and Facebook works well with that. If it works for you, it's an indication to go broad in my opinion. Um, and then he continues, there's a sphere of DTC Twitter that is really great, but every new trend usually has a principle behind why it works. I don't buy into the weekly Facebook voodoo that DTC Twitter spins. That tactic has been around and has worked before. Um, and then, yeah, going on to question seven, Julie asks, what do you all think about Facebook backing off of the forced CBO campaign budget optimizer? So I think that's pretty much setting a budget on, on campaign level and forcing people to do that and not on ad set. Um, and yeah, Julie goes, this is a question of mine. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of people are happy about this. Um, and But actually, going back to a thread here above from question four, Julia Vice replies, um, I've never seen this before. Doesn't the 5% include the previous 4%? And someone tell me all about this, please. And yeah, that's about the stacks. Um, Julia replied, I had a similar thought. Would you exclude the other percentages from each audience? Like essential just to capture the difference between the 2% and the 3%. 3% for instance, so your audience is really 1%, but not the first 1%, if that makes any sense, or do I not get it? So yeah, that's, this is all in reply to question six, actually, so about the lookalike audience stack. Um, and then Melissa Mackey replies, that's what we do, otherwise the lookalikes, lookalikes just overlap. Um, Ryan Benning replied, I confirmed with our Facebook rep that they don't actually overlap because that was a concern of mine as well. But take that for what it's worth. I'd like everyone to ask their Facebook rep the same question so we can see if we get the same answers. <laughs> yes, he we have many Facebook reps. <laughs> Julie replies to that. Um, and then to question seven, Colin Slattery just replies with a very, very happy gift from just people celebrating and throwing out streamers. So very happy. Um, and I just reply, I don't do Facebook yet but just sounds similar to Google relaxing the rules um, they were going to put in place regarding being a partner. So tactics, um, there's just tactics to keep people spending on the platform despite the pandemic. But how about when the worst of the pandemic is over? And um, yeah, will they just put the restrictions back up? Um, and then, yeah, we've just got a lot of, in reply to question seven, a lot of gifts of people being very happy. I don't think people were trying to be as specific um, as I um, was being. Um, and um, yeah, we've just got loads of other people just being, yeah, happy as well. Um, and even Julie herself going, yes, I'm very happy. I'm thrilled even that this is not happening. And to end us, end us off with Mark Gustafson replies to question seven saying, on one hand, it's nice. On the other hand, I wish everyone was forced so I would have a competitive, competitive advantage using it exclusively for so long. So yeah, so yeah, that ends our chat for today. And um, yeah, it was really nice getting um, yeah Mark Gustafson back on the chat 
chat, um, Julia Vice as well. Thanks everyone for being so positive and helpful and lively this week. Yes, I did find it a very lively chat and, and getting some really nice tips about getting more clients. That was my favorite part and I would be working definitely on the whole of my content to show what people, what, um, is helpful, what could be helpful you know, for people to know about this time and um, what you'll be doing in terms of paid search. Um, and yeah, hope you also found, um, you know, some, you know, this talk useful, found some great takeaways from it, found some ideas for strategies for Facebook audiences or lookalike audiences. Um, and yeah, if you want to chat about this topic or um, any paid media or data analysis solutions, just get in touch with me by sending me an email at hello at mindtorn.com. And remember, for your campaigns or businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.